Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord always. And um, yeah, I think just as a preamble, as Pastor Travis was sharing there, you know, about uh, us having this opportunity to, to touch other lives as we kind of take over this feeding program. Uh, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for us. But, you know, in order for us to do that, um, we just need, you know, we need the compassion of Jesus in our life. We need the compassion of Jesus to, to work through our lives. And that's just what I want to share on this morning was just the power of compassion or, or the channel of uh, compassion, if you will, that, that releases the power of God in our lives. And, you know, um, the last little while I've been really trying to um, try myself, try to be a good, good father and encouraging, uh, my boys to start their day with Jesus. And so, um, so in doing that, you know, I'd come back cause I, I still do a little bit of, uh, farming and milking in the morning. So by the time I get back, they're already up and at it. And so I come back in the mornings and I say, Hey guys, did you, you start your day with Jesus? And, uh, well, no, you know, they're playing a computer game or something like that, right? And, uh, and I, I'm good for games, but um, I, just, I just really want to encourage them to start their day with Jesus because we need to start our day with Jesus, right? And so, um, so I come back and do that. So then after a while, after a few times when they, they weren't doing that, like, so what I, was, what I was encouraging them to do was, you know, maybe to, to listen to a super book, um, program or a Bible story of some sort, or, or even sometimes, uh, you know, they could read a story from the Bible themselves and then just take some time. I just say, you know, just maybe talk about it a little bit or something that kind of stuck out to you. And then, and then just pray a little bit, you know, so just encouraging them to do that. So this wasn't happening for a few days in a row. So, um, I came back one time and my one boy was, was awake. And, and so I said, Hey, did you start your day with Jesus? And, uh, oh, no, he didn't. And so I said, well, I said, okay. He says, I got to tell you a little story. I said, there was this guy in, um, his name was King David. And he did something he wasn't supposed to do. And so um, God sent this prophet to him and said, hey, you got to make three, ch- I'm going to give you three choices of something that you need to do that will come to you. And, and why does God do that? God does that because he wants the best for us. And he did that with King David. You can read about it yourself in 2 Samuel in chapter 24. But he gave him three choices that, you know, and if you maybe recall that, you know, it was like seven years of famine in the land or uh, three years of being pursued by your enemies or three days of plague in the land. And, of course, we know that David said, you know, let me fall into the hands of the Lord. I'm in great distress, he said, but let me fall into the hands of God because there's mercy with the Lord, but don't let me fall in the hands of man. So anyways, my boy, uh, we won't say which one, but one of my boys anyways, uh, you know, didn't uh, start his day with Jesus. So I just turned to encourage me. He said, oh, I forgot. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to help you remember. So so I'm going to give you three choices. So your first choice is um, the money that you're saving, you can't spend any of it for six months. You can't buy any, any technology games. You can't go to the dollar store and buy any little thing. Your second one is we're, we're trying to build this pathway out in the woods for the kids to bike on. So I've been putting some gravel out there, and they're supposed to move it around. So the three of them usually work together. But I said to my one boy, I said, you got to load 
seven wheelbarrow loads yourself, dump them, and spread them out yourself. That's your second choice. Or your third choice is um, no, no uh, video games for a week. So I said, you make your choice, and, and, and that'll help you to remember, okay? So if you want to try and track one of them down, figure out which, what their choice was, uh, I'll leave that up to you this morning. But, um, you know, the desire, God, God just wants us to start our day with Jesus. God wants us because, you know, it's like I said to my boys, you know, the one time I came back when they said they hadn't started, I said, guys, I said, don't you want to start your day with Jesus? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could go out and, and pray for somebody and see them get healed? Wouldn't it be awesome if you were able to share with somebody about what Jesus did for you and, and they wanted to know Jesus and, and then they were able to spend eternity with him? You know, and, and that's the same thing with us, right? It's like, you know, we want God to, we want to start our day with him so that we're filled up with him and we're ready to go forth in our day. And I just want to read a couple of um, a couple stories here uh, with Jesus out of the Gospel of Mark. And in chapter 1 here, in verse 40 to 42, it says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus and, be, and begging to be healed. He said, If you are willing, you can heal me. You can make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and he touched him and he said, I'm willing, be healed. And instantly, as he spoke, the leprosy disappeared, and the man was healed. So it was compassion. It was this compassion that Jesus had that brought a release of power in this man's life. And then over a couple chapters in uh, chapter 5 of Mark, in verse 19, I'll give you a little preamble to this. Uh, There was this man who was heavily influenced by, by demonic entities in his life, and was controlling his life, and, you know, he would cry out, uh, out in the tombs. He lived out by himself in the tombs and that, and he would cry out and cut himself with stones, and, and he was in an awful mess. So when Jesus and his disciples come to the other side of the sea, he meets this man, and he's calling this unclean spirit out. And if you know the story, uh, there's these other people. They're feeding uh, 2,000 pigs on the hillside, and when the unclean spirits come out, they enter the pigs, and they go down the hillside, and, and they drown in the sea. So you can see the incredible influence that was affecting this man's life. And Jesus sets this man free from this. And it says then, when we come to verse 19, Jesus is getting to, ready to leave again. And the man is begging to go with him. And it says, however, Jesus did not permit him. But he said to him, go home to your friends. And tell them what great things the Lord has done, what great things the Lord has done for you, and how he has had compassion on you. And then finally in Mark chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus, uh, again, he, um, I'll give you a little preamble to this one. John the Baptist has just been beheaded uh, by Herod and a big scheme that his wife Herodias had. And... So Jesus takes his disciples. He said, listen, let's just take some time and get away by ourselves. Let's come to a place of rest. You guys just, you've been involved a lot in ministry, and you just need to to get away and spend some time alone. So they get in the boat, and all these people see them leaving, and so they run to the place where he's going to. They probably kind of knew some of his, his routine. And they get up there. They get there ahead of him 
So when Jesus gets out of the boat, uh, it says in verse 34, And when he came out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. So Jesus being moved with compassion here, he heals someone, he delivers someone from demonic oppression, and he teaches them. He teaches them God's ways. He teaches them the way of the kingdom so that people can live a life in victory. But it all came out of this compassion. And compassion, uh, our word compassion in the English comes from a Latin word, uh, patty, so passion comes from patty, and it means, you might be surprised at this, it means to suffer. So if you have a passion for something, it means that you're suffering over something. And so it means to suffer in the sense of experiencing a pain that demands to be quenched. So when you're, when you're passionate for something, it's something that you are desiring to do so much that that has to be quenched within you. So compassion... The prefix come, it means with. So compassion then means to suffer with or to suffer together. Okay, so to have compassion uh, for somebody means that you, in a sense, you enter into a suffering with them. You come alongside of them and enter into that. Now, there's something I want to explain at this point is compassion is different than empathy. Okay, it's hugely different than empathy. Empathy is where you can perceive and you can relate to uh, what another person is going to, and you can feel the emotions that they feel. But that's where it ends. Whereas compassion, compassion is it's a verb. It's an action word. It's where you seek to do something to relieve that person of what they're suffering, what they're going through. And, and so that's that part of the passion um, is where it desire, you desire to do something to quench that, to, to relieve that pain that's going on. So, you know, we all need some passion in our compassion, amen? Because God wants us to come alongside of people. And so that's the difference between empathy and compassion. Compassion actually brings you to an action where you do something to help bring somebody some relief. Now, in the Greek... Uh, it's interesting. There's a couple of Greek words here, um, and I won't spell them out. But yeah, one of the Greek words that's used here when Jesus is ministering to the people, it means the word compassion means to show pity or mercy as God defines it, as, it, as it's in accord with his truth, which expresses God's covenant, loyalty, and mercy. So it acts only on his terms acts only on God's terms. It acts consistently with the revelation of God's covenant. So what we find in, in, in this book of God's covenant, we know that ultimate covenant was a blood covenant where Jesus came and he shed his blood for you and me so that we could be free to live a life of victory, to, to overcome in life whenever we face things and, and to walk above those things. And so that means, to put it maybe in a, in a simple example, if I see somebody suffering in, in some way, and I said, you know what, hey, let's just go down to the bar, let's have a couple of drinks, and you get smashed, and just forget about all your problems right now, right? That goes on, doesn't it? So if I was to do that, and I said, listen, I'll pay for your drinks, and that sort of thing, 
according to the word of God, according to the compassion in the word, that's not showing him compassion. Because compassion in God, it always operates on God's terms. It always uh, brings them somehow to understand that covenant relationship that God wants to have with them and that God wants them to move in. Another word that's used for compassion in the scripture, uh, it means to be moved in your inward parts. So in the day, the inward parts uh, were understood to be, you know, your heart, your lungs, your liver, your kidneys, your bowels, you know, because those were um, the things within you that were kind of considered to be the seat of your affections, right? So when Jesus is, is being moved within, you know, he's being moved in his, his inward parts to, to reach out and to have compassion. And I'd just like to say, you know, as a side note, you know, we're going through uh, the, the coronavirus experience right now. And so if, if God's going to move through us in our inward parts, if he's going to move on my lungs, maybe that's going to help you showing some compassion to fight off any coronavirus uh, affecting your lungs. Amen. So, you know, there's always side benefits to, uh, to walking with, with, uh, with the Lord. But uh, anyways, you know, just this place of we see here then with Jesus that when he's trying to bring people into this covenant relationship, he's trying to understand the, the incredible passion that the Father has for them and bring them into that relationship. You know, he's doing things that are releasing that power, that compassion brings people to be connected with the power of God, to, to meet them in whatever they need is, whether it's healing, whether it's, you know, overcoming these thoughts, right? So, demonic uh, beings, what they do is they, they come and try to affect our thoughts. And it's interesting, you know, going back to this man with uh, the demonic, it said that afterward, when Jesus set him free, that the town came out and they saw this man sitting. He was clothed and in his right mind. You know, it's a beautiful thing when God puts us in a right mind. Amen. It's, it's a beautiful thing when you can take a hold of those thoughts. And, and as, you know, uh, Pastor Camilla was saying earlier about knowing who you are in Christ. You know, it's a powerful thing when we take hold of that because it really does affect the way we walk in our day-to-day life. It's, it's powerful. And, you know, uh, there was this one time when uh, a gentleman came in uh, to the church here. We were working away. And, and I could see there was a lot of demonic influence in his life. And, um, and there, was, there was just a lot of ways in which he wasn't in his right mind. And, uh, you know, I pulled out a coffee for the guy and gave him a coffee and talked with him for a while and just, just spent some time talking to him. And, uh, and then after a while, I spent some time just praying with him. And, and I could see, too, like when sometimes when I was sharing with him, you know, about the value that God has on his life, that God cares for him, value his life so much that Jesus came and died for him and shed his blood for him. And, and he was, I could tell, like that moved him because he began to cry and that sort of thing. And so then afterwards, spent some time just praying for him and, and just just taking a few steps to begin to see this guy set free from things that were impacting his life and trying to tear him down and destroy him. And there was another time I met this other gentleman, and, um, you know, I got talking, I got talking to him 
uh, just about things, had the opportunity to just share my testimony a little bit with him. I forget something came up in the conversation that just kind of brought that connection. I shared about, you know, where I'd come from and that sort of thing. And then uh, he, sh- he shared with me about how he had an eye that was almost blind. Now, I couldn't tell. He was wearing sunglasses. But anyways, he said it was going blind. And if it kept getting worse, he was going to have to have a prosthesis put in and have his other eye taken out. And so I would just felt to, you know, just pray for him. And, and you know, like in all these things, I know there's no power in me, myself. You know, it, it's, just, it's just desiring to see the power of God come on people and, and, and touch their lives. You know, and so I just prayed for him. And then he went off in his day and, uh, and carried off. And I, I don't know in that moment what happened. But, you know, God just wants us to be starting our day with him, to be walking in our day in such a way that we're just seeking to walk in his presence moment by moment. And, and I know we all have our wrestles. We all have our struggles in that, right, from time to time. But uh, God is just so able, you know, to, to uh, flow through us when we do that, when we come to him and just let him work that compassion in us. And I was uh, spending a little time when I was preparing this message. I was in this parking lot. And um, I just like to do that sometimes, just go to a different place. And these other cars had pulled in uh, down beside me. And anyways, this girl, she's, she's kind of talking to some other, some other people in her car. And her little boy, about three years old, is in the vehicle with her. And he has this piece of paper, and I see he's kind of got it. And the next thing I know, he puts it out the window, and it falls out the window, and then it's blowing over towards uh, the river. And so I get out of my vehicle, and I go over and, and grab the piece of paper and bring it back over. And um, I say, you know, to this lady, I said, oh, I said, I saw your little boy drop this paper out of the window when you weren't looking. It's kind of because he kind of looked to see if his mom was looking or not when he did this. And she goes, oh, Jesus, you know, thank you so much, whatever. And she takes the paper back. And, and I just say to her, I said, yeah, I said, you know what? Jesus, he is the one. And then I just walked away. I just left it at that. A little bit later, there was this guy that pulled in. He had this big kite. And so he, he pulls this kite out, and he's unraveling and getting it all ready to go. And I, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. He was really, uh, and I enjoy kites myself, but this guy was probably around 60 somewhere. Sorry. <laughs> he's probably around 60 somewhere. And uh, he's just, he's spending a lot of time, like, getting this kite ready and everything. And this other guy comes over to help him. And they try to get the kite going and uh, kind of goes up for a bit, drops down, and goes a little further, and goes up, drops down. So anyways, it's just, it's just not happening. It's just not enough wind. He's going, yeah, I can't do it. It's just, there's not enough wind to make it happen. And so I'm sitting there in the car, and, and uh, so he's wrapping it up. And I said, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, it's kind of like man. I, I said, if God's not in it, what can man do? In other words, you know, God's the wind, right? We understand he's the Holy Spirit is the wind. And, and so if God's not operating and working in our life, what, what, what can we do, really? And so, but anyways, I just said that phrase to him, and I just left it at that. And uh, because I like to do that. I'm just learning to do that. It's just to say something and see if there's a response from the person. Just see if there's something they bite on. Just see if they're interested or see if they're hungry at all. And, and, and maybe lots of times there's not in the moment. But 
I know one advantage that I have is not just what I speak in the moment, but is when I just pray for that individual, maybe a little bit later or, or maybe just after I've had the encounter. You know, I'll just lift up a prayer for that person, whether it was a person that came into the church or a person I met out somewhere else. You know, and, and, and somewhere later, uh, that person would just be stirred to think about, why did that guy say that? Why did he say what he said that way? You know, and, and then God just brings somebody else along in their life. I don't know. You know, God can do things so many other ways. But it's just allowing God to move in, in those different ways, just allowing that compassion to be stirred up in our lives to see people touched. And the one thing I like about sometimes just saying those phrases that relate to God but not maybe necessarily going anywhere if they don't bite at it is because I want to meet the person where they're at. I'm learning that. You know, I've been uh, 30-some years on this journey with the Lord learning these things. And uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of Todd White. He's an evangelist, and uh, he does lots of crazy things for the Lord. But uh, just a great guy, just great love. But he said something once that really struck me. And he said, sometimes we are so busy going for the juggler that we miss the heart. Sometimes we're, we're just so, like, I got to see this person get converted right here and now, and I got to see them make that decision that we really miss where they're actually at. We really miss just kind of relating with where they're at first. And, and so that's just something that we all need to remember. It's just sometimes just, just meet the person where they're at. Just put a little bit out there and see if they bite on that. You know, see if, if, if they're hungry to uh, move in that. So, you know, compassion we can see the importance of compassion here with Jesus and how it releases uh, such a power through his life when he allowed himself to be moved, you know, by that passion, by that love that he had for the Father. So what kills compassion, and what can we do to fix it? What can we do to refire it? And so I want to look here in Revelation uh, chapter 3 and verse 14 to, to 20. And uh, I don't know if you, any of you are following along with uh, Pastor Travis. He's been doing some devotionals during the week um, out of the churches here in Revelation. But I just want to look at a, just a couple of things here um, with this church. And it says, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy, I have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and to anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. So we can see here the church of the Laodiceans. They were, they were in pretty bad shape, you know. And unfortunately, we are talking about a church, right? We're not even talking about the people out in the world. But um, this was a church. And what had happened was they weren't hot for God. 
You know, they weren't on fire for God. They weren't even cold, it says. They were lukewarm. And so Jesus is saying, look, you got to deal with your stuff or I'm going to have to spit you out, right? And so what happened? And the other word we have for uh, being lukewarm in our day is passivity, right? They had gotten passive. And when we're passive, you don't do anything. You know, if you're a passive person, you won't move with compassion because you won't allow yourself to be moved. And so the thing, one of the things that affected that I find here in this verse is Jesus begins to point out some things about him. And one of the things he says, you're wretched. And in the Greek, that word there, wretched, it actually means to be under constant strain. You know, you're under constant strain all the time that you actually become callous. You know, do you ever face things in your life where you're, you're just under constant strain? And, 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 and then you get callous. And then you quit trying, right? You give up because you said, you know, I've tried that before. I've done that, and, and it's not working for me. And, and your heart gets kind of hard, and then you're just you're not moving anymore. You don't allow yourself to be moved by God. And, you know, we all go through hard times. We all go through hard times. We all have seasons. But if, you're, if, it, if it's this place, if you've come to this place where you're just always pushing all the time and you're, you're under this constant strain, then you're, you're doing something wrong because God has a place of rest for you. Even in the hard times, God has a place of rest for you. And again, coming back to the start of our day, if we start our day with Jesus, you know, he will help us with those things. He will help us to get refreshed you know, maybe it'll just be a verse that just takes hold of you that morning. Just breathes a little bit of fresh air in your spiritual lungs, you know, and, and begins to move you. And sometimes that's all it takes, you know. It's like a door. You open the door up just a little bit and that just a crack and the light can begin to pierce through into that darkness. And so, you know, he says, he says they're wretched and they've gotten callous. And as a result, they've gotten passive and they don't allow it to come in. And so that's, that's what can kill um, compassion. The other thing he mentions here is about them being blind. You know, and that Greek word there, it can mean physically or spiritually. And it, can, it means, in a sense, to be darkened by smoke. You know, so if you're around a fire and the smoke's, you know, blowing in your eyes, um, it's, it's hard to see, right? And, and it blinds you. You can't see. And so... That creates you, you know, you just, you can't see, you don't have good vision anymore, and so you give up. Again, you're, you're not trying, you're not uh, seeking to reach out and, and to touch people because your vision is, is blinded, you know. Um, there's a proverb that says, without a prophetic, prophetic vision, uh, the people cast off restraint, right? They quit, they quit trying. The other thing he points out here, naked. So that, that'll be the last one I point out here of, of all the things he's pointing. But he says to them, uh, and that word naked, the, the Greek word there, naked, it rarely actually is used meaning that the person is stark naked without any clothes. Most of the time it's used, it means that they're poorly clothed or that they just have undergarments on. So you can imagine if you were out there walking down the street with just your undergarments on, you would probably feel pretty out of place. You'd probably feel a, a bit of sense of shame. Now, I know there's some people um, who walk around pretty scantily dressed and they don't feel any shame, or at least they don't show any shame, right? But most of us, there's a sense of shame, you know, when we're not properly dressed. Well, that's the same in the spirit, too. 
It's the same in our spiritual man, right? If, if there's things going on in your life that are causing shame, it's going to kill the compassion. It's going to kill your ability to reach other people because you're always under this thing of just feeling shame all the time. And so what does, what does Jesus say here to this church to begin to help them to fix this problem, to help to refire them? He says to them, he says, I counsel you. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. You know, counsel, I love this word counsel because counsel is, it's, it's something you give out. Six about when Jesus saw the multitude, um, that he taught them, he says, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to shepherd them, right? A shepherd leads the sheep. A shepherd brings them to a place where they can get some get a good drink stuff to eat, a place where they can go beside the still waters, right, those quiet waters, and, and get a good drink. Uh, a shepherd is there to protect them, right, and, 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 and protect them from the wolf coming in to uh, destroy them and tear them down. And, you know, in our lives, there's just times where we just need to seek godly counsel. You know, seek people whom, you know, are, are, are running after God, you know, when you're looking uh, for that counsel, because the great counselor, the Holy Spirit, and the Father and the Lord Jesus, you know, they want to they want to speak sometimes through that individual to you uh, to help refire your passion again and, and to bring you to that place where you can be compassionate. You know, it's interesting um, in John chapter six and verse sixty six to sixty eight, and I'll I'll let you read that. But um, Jesus had just talked about you know, to this multitude of people and saying to them about how, you know, they needed to eat his flesh and they needed to drink his blood in order to have life. And they're just like, what? Like, who can understand that? We're supposed to eat the guy's flesh and drink his blood to have life? And they said, Who's this, who, who can understand this? And so they got offended at it. And, and these were people who had been following him. You know, it says these were some of his disciples who had been following him. And it said, from that point on, it said, many of his disciples turned back and followed him no more. And Jesus, he turns to his disciples and he said, do you want to go away also? Because you see, a shepherd can't, he can't make the sheep follow. The sheep have to, have to make the choice. The sheep have to make that effort. But Peter says to him something is really powerful. He says, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, these other, you know, I think when I, when I read this verse, a couple of things that come out from that, just simply, is that Jesus would have a tough time with some of the elements of the seeker-friendly church. Because when some of those people, some of those people who had been following him turned back, he didn't say, well, well wait a minute, let's, let's, let's work out a compromise here. Let's do something different. Or the rich young ruler that came to him, and he said, you know, what you really need is to go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. And it said he walked away sad. You know, Jesus didn't say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, how about you just give half, just sell half of what you have and come and follow me. You know, so, and I'm all for, I'm all for, for reaching people that are seeking. I'm all for being a friendly church, right? And, and God knows that we want to be that. That's our heart. But there are some elements that when you come to a place where you start to compromise the gospel, that's not the kind of church that Jesus is seeking. But, you know, and Peter, amen. And Peter says, uh, but Peter says, you know, to whom else shall we go? 
you have the words of eternal life. And so when there's tough t- things that come, you know, these, some of these disciples, they didn't understand what Jesus was saying in the moment. And, and so they just decided to turn back and not follow anymore. But Peter and some of the other disciples said, you know what? We don't get it all either, but we're going to hang around because I know this guy's got something. And that's the same with you and me. It's like we're going through stuff, and it's just like I'm going to hang around because I want Jesus to deal with my stuff. Whatever I don't get, whatever I don't understand, whatever I can't walk in uh, right now, I'm going to hang around and, um, and help him lead me through because I know he has the words of eternal life. Um, you know, God just, God just wants you and me. You know, I'm just going to leave it at that. But God just wants you and me to come to him and to start our day with him. Let him, let him stir up that compassion within us because there is such a power that God wants to release through your life, through my life. There's just such a, a touching people uh, that God wants to do. And, and I, I really believe in the days that are before, we were kind of reading that or singing that in our song this morning, that uh, the best is yet to come. And I really believe the best is, is yet to come in the midst of all the worth. And that God is going to, he's just going to begin to bring signs and wonders in the, through the body of Christ. You know, he's just going to bring signs and wonders. And, and I know quite often when we're looking at what's going on out there and and we're all looking at different decisions that government's making. And some of, them are, some of them are making the best decisions they know. But some of them just don't know. They just, some, some of them just don't know what you and I know. Right? They just don't have that relationship with God. And, and so that's why I always look, ultimately, I'm looking at what's God doing in and through the church. Because that's the highest government that there is on the earth. Amen? So just let's let God Stir us up again. Let's let that compassion. If you're going through something that's strenuous, if you've got something that's like smoke in your eyes right now, you know, just let the Holy Spirit just begin to come and be that anointing, be that eye salve, and to help you to see again clearly. And, you know, just just come and just call on somebody else that can help you through some of that stuff so that we can just be a people who who are compassionate and, and learning to touch people. And, you know, so often, compassion grows when we're in those hard places. And I think it's just exciting. Uh, this feeding program that we're getting ready to do, you know, it's just one element of, of how God wants to uh, express himself through this lo- particular local church that we are in this place and, and in this community. You know, God's just giving us an opportunity to, um, to just allow to be his hands and his feet, you know. So why don't we just end with prayer and God bless you as you go. Father, we just, we just thank you this morning that, Jesus, you've taught us what it is to live a life of excitement, to get up in a day and just know that you want to do something incredible. You want to do something uh, powerful. You want to do something new. You want to do something that changes lives. And God, you've begun a change in our life. And we just want to live out of that place. Lord, we know we haven't attained. We know we haven't arrived. But God, what we have come into, we want to share that with the people that are out there. We want to let your power flow through our lives so that God, so you can touch people. 
and set them free. Father, we just, we thank you, God, for the exciting things that, God, that you want to do in these days that lie before us. God, just bless your people this morning. Bless them as they go out in their week. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you, Father, for those meeting places in your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Amen. And you know, it's so true that um, I believe strongly that compassion, when, when we have a heart of compassion, that's where the power is linked. If we want to see more miracles, we want to see more healings, uh, you know, we need to be praying for people with the compassion of God. And that's when He shows up in a powerful way. And so, Lord, we thank you that you're doing a work in us by your Spirit just to release the compassion of God into our hearts for those around us. God, give us fresh compassion for our neighbors. Give us fresh compassion for our coworkers and for our peers in our schools. And wherever we are, God, give us a compassion. As Pastor Peter said, you know, it's not about winning them to Jesus. It starts with, first of all, loving them like Jesus, caring for their being concerned for where they are in life. And God, you'll open the doors for the message of the gospel. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. That's a great word. Thank you, Pastor Peter. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.